Welcome, Power Peeps. You are listening to Power to People HR. This podcast focuses on all things people. I'm your host, Tanya Gibson. I created this podcast because after making it to the top, it felt a little lonely. Where was my HR department when I needed them? And so I set out to create my own safe space for myself and for any other HR practitioner or curious listener who needs their HR advocate. I call you curious listeners, power peeps, and thank you so much for listening. And now for today's episode. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeoning of chance, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I chose to begin this episode by reading Invictus by William Ernest Henley because there was only one other time that I can recall in my adulthood where I had to struggle, truly struggle uh, at not being the best at something or the brightest at something. Um, I oftentimes didn't have to really try and um, I guess that's a symptom of my overachiever nature or uh, my upbringing or a combination of all of those things. But This poem was introduced to me um, while I was crossing the burning sands to become a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, a historically African-American sorority. And I chose to join this sorority because I'm an only child. I don't have siblings and I'd always wanted to have sisters and uh, everything uh, that Zeta stands for spoke to me. And in going through that process of becoming a member, I was introduced to this poem through the struggles, through the challenges of not being the best and the brightest at at what I was trying to achieve, which was to become a member of the sorority. And now as I'm faced with being unemployed, again, I have recalled this poem because it resonated so much with me then um, and was reminded of it as I was watching a TV series recently where someone was reading a portion of it and it immediately reminded me of, you know what, you can get through this, Tanya. You will get through this, this too shall pass. Um, But it has been hard and I wanted to share this episode with you and this poem for any one of you who's listening who is in a similar boat, if you are unemployed or if you've ever faced rejection challenges, I think that can resonate with anyone listening today. And so I leave you with this poem um, and I will share more uh, in this episode around why this episode is named Invictus, uh, why this has become a part of my story in this new chapter of my life of being unemployed. And hopefully it will help you as you go through your process and your journey. Uh, I know it will get better. I know that my next opportunity will be around the next corner, hopefully sooner than later. But um, it is very important for me to be honest and authentic about where I'm at and where I am today is being reminded that although there is a lot of wrath and tears um, in the fell clutch of circumstance that I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Um, and so I leave that with all of you who need some encouragement, as I often have had to remind myself during this time.
If you've been following my journey, I recently posted on LinkedIn um, how I was really grappling with some struggles recently, and uh, it really stemmed from rejection letters, or emails rather, (laughs) um, that I was getting on a very regular basis shortly after really applying for jobs. I hadn't um, really done that in quite some time, about 10 years as I really look back on it. I'd always been the person being sought out and recruited for jobs, including my last opportunity. I didn't seek them out. They sought me out. So it was very humbling. It was very disappointing as well for me to start getting rejected over and over and over again. And I've seen that being a trend um, with a lot of really qualified folks that are posting their own experiences of of the rejection. Um, We know right now our tech industry and a lot of other large billion dollar revenue organizations are also um, laying off masses of people. We're seeing in real time right now Uh, huge bank failures. Um, We're seeing the entire workforce of France basically saying we are revolting against our government telling us when we can retire and making decisions on our lives and how we value our balance of who we are in our retirement. And so I know that, you know, this is my individual problem. Um, My feelings of individuality and rejection may not matter in the larger scope, but In mass, right, we're seeing this trend happen. And so I wanted to share a little bit, one, of encouragement, hence the poem Invictus, but also to be honest and authentic with you, my listeners, power peeps, on how I'm getting through it, what's happening uh, for me. And I, in my post on LinkedIn, shared that, you know, I had to kind of get myself out of it. I had to snap out of it. And I was not able to do that alone. I needed my village of support. And it was only because um, one of my sorority sisters who owns a business where she guides you um, to become an entrepreneur, as I am embarking on that now, to become a speaker and and engage companies to share your authentic stories. And so uh, in that post, in a quick summary, I shared, you know, I just I had a day, right? I had a moment where I got a rejection letter or email and it just it hurt. I couldn't understand why, you know, the successful person, as I, I, I believe myself to be on paper, right, was not capable or able of getting a job quickly. Um, and selfishly, I just, I had had it. I had a moment of, of annoyance and posted that um, after having a really great conversation with Kelly Charles Collins, uh, who helped me to see that I am great, that I have value, that I have purpose, that I can find my signature talk. I can deliver speeches to folks. I've been um, asked to do so in the past and I will be able to get through this. It is tough, right? Every day I worry about my bills being paid and can I support my child and um, even things that I never used to think about, you know, can I get gas this week because I need to make sure I'm getting groceries and how much more is left in my savings before, you know, this is really going to hurt. And that rejection email was a reflection of that, a symbol of that, that, um, wow, this really is real, that I'm not just going to be able to pick up and move on quickly. And so for those of you who are also experiencing that in real time and didn't have the option, right? Maybe you were someone who was laid off. And um, I talk a little bit about that in my LinkedIn post. I was the one who used to have to write those rejection emails to folks in our applicant tracking system when people applied. And so I know what it's like to be on the other side. And so 
I, in that moment, couldn't reconcile, why wouldn't someone want me? Why am I not good enough? And it, it brought me back to that feeling of why I left my organization, because how could you not see the value that I'm bringing? My perspectives didn't matter. And um, that hurt. It was definitely an emotional toll. But Invictus, uh, as well as my, my village, thank you, Kelly, if you're listening to this, came to my aid and reminded me that this too shall pass, that I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I will get through this. The next opportunity may find me or I may find it, but I will come out better on the other side. And so I am going to move on. Um, I'm going to get better. I am better right now as I record this um, because I know that there are great things ahead for me. And for anyone who is experiencing unemployment right now, um, I will eventually in this podcast series start to hear from you and give you advice in a future segment that will be called How Can I Help? I do want to introduce a new segment on this episode, though, around what was HR thinking? And because I shared with you my story of feeling rejected, getting those rejection emails, I want to chew in this segment of what was HR really thinking? Talk to you about a time when I was on the other side, when I was the HR leader in an organization, and I not only had to send the rejection, I had to do this face-to-face with someone because they were in our office at the time, and what those experiences were like. And so to set the stage for you, this was an organization that was a little untraditional in in many respects. Um, And my leader was, I would call, more conservative in terms of their thoughts around appearance and dress code. And I know there are lots of conversations and topics around this on LinkedIn that are constantly um, coming up around, you know, professional and the terminology and the connotation and the harm that it can bring, especially for marginalized communities. And so appearance... um, is something that I definitely lean into now and I think about very differently after this experience as I was thinking about what to talk about with you today. Even thinking about how I felt at the time was very different than even my perspectives today. But um, I had to interview some candidates and as a part of this process, we had sort of a candidate profile and oftentimes in HR, if you were not the hiring manager as was the case for me, um, I help bringing, bring in the folks, right? We call that sourcing. And so I was sourcing candidate profiles, resumes, um, having the initial phone screen with individuals and then bringing them into the office. And in this particular organization, anytime I would bring someone into the office, the hiring manager prior to meeting with the person would ask me, well, how do they look? And now looking back, I, I know how damaging and harmful that is, but I was still on this kind of trajectory of wanting to prove myself. And... I, I honestly was not thinking about it. Um, DEI was not, and I'm going to air quote this, you can't see it, a thing in this organization. And I was one of very few folks of color. And this particular candidate just so happened to be a woman of color. And the hiring manager was not. And the hiring manager, after asking me that question, I just immediately responded. And I started describing this person's physical attributes. And specifically, this hiring manager asked me, well, you know, what are they wearing? Do they look, you know, appropriate? Those kinds of questions that probably for some may seem innocuous. But now in our more hopefully um, knowledgeable and aware world, we understand that you know, we have a lot of people who come from different cultural backgrounds. The way in which we dress or present ourselves should not uh, be termed based off of professional or unprofessional. Um, there are certain kinds of uh, 
lessons that I have now learned from this in thinking back, but I, I shared some of my own biases and because we had at the time a, a very conservative, I would say, leaning dress code, I shared how this person looked. And the hiring manager thanked me for that um, observation and asked the candidate to come into the office, interviewed the candidate, and actually liked the candidate, which was now looking back a great thing. Um, there were so many red flags in this story. And, and thinking back, I absolutely contributed to several of them. Um, but anywho, the candidate um, was well-liked, well-qualified by the hiring manager. There was only one thing that the hiring manager had a challenge with. And this particular woman of color um, wore her hair in a natural style. And for those of you who are more not as familiar with um, women of color and, and the way in which we wear our hair, which is also a very hot topic. So I would implore you to educate yourself. I'm not going to go fully in depth on that subject today, but um, that was somewhat frowned upon in this organization. Um, my hiring manager felt that that might be off-putting to other folks in the office. And this particular individual also had some visual facial piercings uh, aside from ear, their earlobes. And so my hiring manager asked if they thought that I would address that with this candidate that perhaps this candidate may not be uh, the best candidate or feel most comfortable in our office wearing specifically the facial piercings. But they made other uh, comments alluding to this person's natural hairstyle. And I said to our hiring manager that I didn't feel that that was going to impede this person's work. They weren't going to necessarily be client facing or interact with folks that were visitors to our office. Um, and it wasn't something that violated our policy per se. And so if this person was qualified and was the most qualified person that they had interviewed, that we should proceed with hiring this person. Fast forward, long story short, we did proceed with hiring this individual. I never did have uh, a conversation specifically about this person's uh, hair. Um, I Thankfully now, looking back, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, but I am still regretting the fact that I didn't address head on with this hiring manager. You really should not have said that and here's what harm that could cause. But um, the rejection part comes in because even after we hired this individual and they were well qualified and could do their work, this hiring manager soon thereafter would con consistently come into my office with uh, issues. Uh, regarding this particular person they had hired and it never seemed to stick right they the, the the individual was capable competent skilled in all of the areas that we needed them to be skilled in but there was always something that this manager would bring up that didn't quite make a lot of sense and I now looking back recognize that it was this manager's bias and ultimately they found a way to put enough in place to demonstrate that they felt that this person uh, was not the best fit anymore after only a few months. Um, the tides had changed very quickly um, and they compiled documentation, which is oftentimes what HR has, asks you hiring managers to do if you feel that someone's not fulfilling their job expectations to then proceed with firing this person. And I recall very distinctly having to bring this person into the office and 
you know, was so excited to hire them initially and now having to reject someone who looked like me. Um, and for no other reason, albeit for this hiring manager exhibiting some biases that we ultimately did, you, we ultimately let this person go. And I, I, I say that um, taking accountability was the one who performed that termination. And I do, even to this day, I still wonder where that person landed. Um, if by not having that job that maybe we've created a, a barrier to access to this person elevating their career progression and, and development. And that hurts. And for me, what was I thinking? There's so many things today that I, I know better and I do better. But in my earlier profession of being an HR leader and having to do harmful things, perform harmful actions um, on behalf of, in this case, my company, but other companies, I, you know, I have so many maybe minute regrets that have over time built up. And this particular incident for me really was a moment, a shift in my thinking. Um, I, after that incident, that event, I started to see patterns with that hiring manager of other individuals from marginalized identities that this man, hiring, hiring manager did not like. Um, so I, I saw the pattern and I started to pick up on things and I was able to push back on other things later on, um, specifically with this hiring manager around wanting to let other people go in their department um, or wanting to put them on performance improvement plans with no real data or documentation to back it up and support it. And so I did grow from that experience, but it was at the detriment, in my opinion, to that first time where I really was not as self-aware. I wasn't as educated in marginalized communities. And um, I, I was still leaning into um, centering my work on our dominant communities and the default community. And um, I, I regret that. I look back now and I recognize how harmful that was. And rejection hurts. And I know that I caused rejection for that individual. And so now receiving rejection emails for someone from hopefully a human, not just an artificial intelligence uh, algorithm in someone's applicant tracking system, receiving that kind of rejection, not even knowing who I am physically, just seeing that I'm getting rejected by submitting my resume, knowing that I'm qualified, right? Now I, I, I was doubting myself. And I, I know that I've caused that same level of harm, that same level of self-doubt on others many of whom looked just like me or had an identity similar to me. And that reminds me of what HR shouldn't be. I performed actions that of bad actors that I talk about. Um, and I, I, I have lessons to still to learn in this work, but I will never forget the harm that I've caused to folks as I was learning my career, my profession, but moreover now as I am working my way through and trying to get back to who I am and centering myself in my work, I, I go back in time and think to myself, what was I thinking? What was HR thinking? Um, I wasn't thinking in that moment. And so I wanted to share that authentic vulnerable moment with you uh, for you to hear a little bit about what it's like to grapple with situations where you yourself have to be the messenger for bad news and to be more thoughtful and intentional around the words that you use because they matter 
the approaches, the responses, the strategies that you deploy when you're working with folks, when you're interacting and engaging with people in your personal or, or work lives, they all matter. And we have to be more thoughtful and conscious that the things that we do and moreover, the things that we don't do and we don't say that they do resonate for people, that people do pick up on them. Um, and it can sometimes be the thing that harms someone the most that doesn't allow them to excel and doesn't allow them to achieve and have access and opportunity. And for me, I now um, am so much more conscious of that. And for my next opportunity, um, I, I pledge to do better and, and learn from it and grow. And, and that's a part of my story. And so thank you for listening to this segment of What Was HR Thinking? I'll share more of these stories in future episodes. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I leave you with those words for this episode, Power Peeps. Thank you for listening and look forward to having you hear more of my journey and story in the next episode.